Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. In order to support this show and keep providing you tons of free content week after week, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash she and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better so that we can bring on advertisers that you won't want to skip through. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. But again, that's P-O-D com slash she. Thanks for your help. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey sister, today I have my friend Sarah Grace joining me on the podcast and I am so stoked for you to hear this interview and this conversation that we got to have. Sarah and I have actually become friends through a mutual community that we're involved in and got to know her. Sarah is just so friendly, so welcoming, but also so good and she just knows her stuff when it comes to nutrition and health and wellness. And so I'm really excited for you to get to hear everything that we got to talk about. We're talking, she's sharing her story on eating disorders and um, having a healthier food mindset and simple adjustments we can make. And honestly, it was just helpful for me. Like I just want to take all this information and go implement it right now. But just to give you a little background on who Sarah is so that you know who you're going to be listening to for the next 40 minutes, let me tell you a little bit about her. Sarah Grace is the founder of Fresh, Fit, and Healthy. It's on Instagram. She's also the author of the book Chasing Freedom, a registered dietitian with an MS in exercise physiology, and an ex-D1 athlete. She also describes herself as a serial creator and entrepreneur that loves helping others reach their potential through discovering a healthy lifestyle that fits their busy life. She is a huge believer that sustainable, lasting results and true confidence don't just require a meal plan and some good sound bites. It takes so much more. That's why she ditched the typical dietitian route and blazed her own trail. To Sarah, it takes working on both the external through nutrition and training plans and the internal through mindset shifting and real soul work. It takes discovering true self-love no matter what point in your journey you're at. Her mission through all she creates is to provide real body solutions, I love that, that offer true joy and confidence from the inside out. Her motto is less dieting, more living, and I'm over here like, heck yes, girlfriend. So that's all I have to say about that. Let's dive into the interview. I know you're going to love her. Hey, Sarah. How are you, girl? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's awesome to have you on the show. I've been so looking forward to this, and I just, I know it's going to bless so many girls' lives, so many women's lives. It's awesome. So awesome to have you here. So thanks for being on, my friend. Thanks for giving us a little bit of your time. Um, You know, I want to just kind of give everyone a little bit of context on how we met before we dive right in. But yeah, we met how many, maybe like a month ago, maybe a little less than a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We um, are part of a similar or the same group. It's uh, put together by a friend of ours called Influencer Inner Circle. And it's just been a really... How would you describe this? I feel like it's like a super life-giving uh, community 
of influencers and online business owners and people who are creating content and putting out into the world and just doing a lot of good for the world. And they're in, we're in a lot of different spaces, I feel like. Would you agree? Yeah, no, I think you said that so well. And even, like, I would just describe it as the most refreshing group to be around, to be honest. It was just such a community and some something that really just refreshed my soul, refreshed my business mindset, mm-hmm. everything. It's an amazing three-day span. Yeah, we uh, got together in California a couple weeks back at the beginning of the year and um, just sat in a room for three days. And everybody brought different, you know, ideas to the table, resources to the table, encouragement to the table. And I feel like everyone's biggest take was was like, oh, I'm not alone. Because sometimes in this world, like when you use the internet to do your work, it can sometimes feel a little isolating. So getting to, you know, communicate and encourage and support each other was awesome. And you and I got to sit down. I think it was the last day that we really got to chat, but we sat down over lunch and just started talking about ideas and dreams and stories. And you started sharing some of your story with me and what you're up to. And it was awesome. I loved it. I loved it. So (laughs) after that, I was like, okay, I got to have this girl on the show because, you know, just solid, fun to chat with, but also an expert at what you do. And I think you're doing a really awesome thing online. So, because I feel like there's so many things um, that we could talk about, but I really want to focus on, you know, coming from a registered dietitian perspective and having a lot of, you know, expert or expert level and just expertise when it comes to fueling our bodies well and having a healthy relationship with food. I figured you would be the perfect person to just really speak this into and teach on this, honestly, into our lives as women, because I know this can be such a pain point and such a difficult space and area to navigate, especially, you know, with all the distractions and all the commitments and all the things we have going on in our lives. So, I mean, I guess the first thing that I'm curious about and that I know you can just speak right into is when it comes to like from a nutritional perspective, just to like hit the ground running, just to start off really basic and simple, what advice would you give a girl on breaking old habits, like food habits um, and creating new healthier food habits? Do you have anything like kind of simple for the everyday girl? Totally. First of all, I want to say what not to do, and that's to hop on Google and Google, you know, how to lose 10 pounds, Mm. how to, you know, lose that 20 pounds in two weeks and jump on that next new diet out there. Because what I like to say is there's so much infobesity out there. There's Mm. so much information. And I know you're all about implementation and practical Mm -hmm. steps. And I feel like what we don't need is more information and especially Mm -hmm. not information from people that don't know what they're talking about, Mm -hmm. people that maybe lost 10 pounds themselves and all of a sudden now they think that they can coach other people on it Mm -hmm. and um, talk about it and pretend like they're an expert in it. And so, first of all, just guide your heart and mind from a lot of the nutrition advice going on out there because you have to really be careful about who you're listening to and make sure it's not just from a blog, from Mm -hmm. a YouTuber, but really someone that knows what they're talking about is sticking to science and research and not something that is just the next new sexy soundbite out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's step number one. But the thing to do, I would just say baby steps is really the biggest thing. And don't feel like you have to have it figured out all in one day. You know, just like anything else in life, it's baby steps. And what I tell even my clients is it's all about progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. And really the first practical step being, you know, finding that real why behind why you're doing this, why you want to get healthier, why you want to lose that weight. And not just, oh, so that I can, the scale can say 10 pounds less, but Mm -hmm. really why? What Because when you can find that deep why, that one that goes a lot deeper than just a number on a scale, 
that can be your long-term motivation. And that's what gets you up early in the morning or gets you to the gym when you don't feel like it. Not You're never going to always feel like it. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you can attest to that. Mm-hmm. But even as a dietitian, my clients think that just because I'm a dietitian that I just magically always feel like eating the best things mm-hmm. and working out. <laughs> and it's not true, but it's really knowing why I'm doing it and why it's not because Oh, I need to burn fat and calories. I'm going to go work out. It's really, I know when I conquer a workout that I feel so empowered and strong and ready to conquer the day and whatever life throws at me and why I eat healthy because I know I feel more energized and I can be my best and do my best and be the best person I can for everyone else in my life mm-hmm. when I feel my best and when I feel my body the best. And so really having that deep why is number one and figuring that out. And then number two is just really playing, I like to call it the meal transformation game of how can I make this meal just a little better? And you don't have to have it all perfect, but, Mm -hmm. you know, based on what you're doing now, how can I make this just a little bit more nutritious? How can I make maybe one little swap? How can I maybe, you know, my typical smoothie, throw in a little bit of greens in there to get a little extra nutrients in? Mm -hmm. Um, And so really just trying to figure out, you know, how can I make this just a little better, a little more balanced, a little Mm -hmm. bit more nutritious? Mm-hmm. And starting small. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing is really just accountability. I, um, you know, <laughs> I think that we're all human and we're never always going to feel like doing the things that are best for us. We're never always going to do the things that are best for us. We can know all the things. Mm-hmm. Most of my clients know what healthy food, like what is healthy. Generally. Not. A lot of my, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And most of them know, like I should go work out and stuff, but it's, you know, accountability. And I have accountability and mentors in all areas of my life, in my spiritual growth, in my business, in my health and fitness. And so I think that it's really key to have accountability and, you know, whether it's coaches or mentors or something, um, someone just to help you stay inspired and help you grow because it's not about doing it by yourself. It's about doing it with people and a tribe around you. Hmm, That's Um, good. those are the biggest things, you know, and then, of course, morning routine has always been huge for me and something I work on with my clients, number one, is really because when you can set up your morning for success, mm-hmm. it's so much easier to make better decisions throughout your day when you can start your day off well instead of, okay, I'm going to set my alarm, okay, now I'm going to hit snooze, now I'm going to get hit the ground running and just go, 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 go. If you can really set up a good, strong morning routine, it's a lot easier to feel your best and do the things that are best for you throughout the rest of your day. Yeah, that's good. I think two things, I guess, that I'm picking up on to wrap in a pretty bow, um, all this incredibly helpful information would be consistency and small changes instead of, and that's, I'm a huge advocate for that and I am no nutritionist. (laughs) But I will say, you know, I, no matter what area of your life that you're trying to improve, whether it's healthy food habits or something else, I think sometimes we can try to make these massive changes. Like you said, how to lose 20 pounds in two weeks with these things that can be Googled. That's like, that's huge. And that like is not sustainable. Um, and I really think like those little small victories add up to big wins, but they happen slower. They happen slowly over time, but they become more sustainable because you're not just trying to quit cold Turkey and cut out like all sugar from your life or cut out all, you know, it's like, okay, I need to cut back on this and then maybe replace it with something else you know and that mentality yeah seems makes total sense that makes total sense is how you build better habits you know yeah and that's it's all about long-term sustainable changes you know you anyone can get quick results but that's mm-hmm. not going to last and that's not what you really want I know that sometimes mentally we want the quick fix we're all human we want it to happen now not later but 
at the end of the day, you're going to end up in a more frustrating spot if you do the short-term fix Mm -hmm. and just go through the quick-fix diet than when you really just take time to really create long-term lifestyle changes. And that's what even when I was working with the Minnesota Twins Major League Baseball team, I, you know, we worked on small changes, even with big athletes like that. We Mm -hmm. just helped them add, like, spinach in their smoothies. And they thought it was the weirdest thing at first, but then they started doing it, and it's you know, just making little small changes like that, whether it's just adding a little thing here or like, okay, now I'm going to work out two times in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just building up to that. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, every every team I've worked with, every client I've worked with, it's always been let's start small. And even now I have my clients set weekly goals that are, what's one thing I can do this week that's going to push me towards my long-term goal? Mm-hmm. And. I think that really helps people stay inspired, stay motivated, and just feel like they're actually accomplishing yes. something, too. Yes. There's actually small little wins along the way that are propelling mm-hmm. you forward. Absolutely. I love that. So practical. So helpful. Um, kind of shifting gears a little bit. I think one thing that I like that you talked about, too, was your deep why. Um, you know, and some mm-hmm. examples. Can you give a couple examples of what a deep why would be? Just because I think I understand what that means in my brain, but... I'm just going to let you tell me what that would be rather than <laughs> like, is that like, I want to be able to get up and play with my kids, you know, but more, or like, is that what that means? Or am I totally off base? <laughs> no, you're totally on. And that's exactly what it means. And, you know, I have clients that think it's their why is just to lose weight. And then I start working with them on this and mm-hmm. work through the exercise with them. And they start realizing, no, it's, so that I am not on the sideline with my kids, but I'm actually playing with them now. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel super exhausted every time I get up and walk somewhere. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just so that I can be the best in my business as an entrepreneur. And I know that I'm not going to feel the energy that I need to to be the most productive that I can if I don't feel my body well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I remember my deep why. And, you know, sometimes it will change throughout life, but my deep why when I was going through my own eating disorder was, okay, my why is um, in the Bible and it talks about honoring your body, it's not your own, it's God's temple, and realizing I'm not treating my body like God's temple. And Mm -hmm. that was my deep why. And my deep why was to honor God and to honor His temple. And so really coming up with your deep why of why is it that you really want this? It's not just, if anyone's honest with themselves, it's not just a number on the scale. Mm-hmm. Because even even if you're 10 pounds less, if you haven't fixed anything else deep down, you're not going to be any more happier. Mm-hmm. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. And it's really just figuring out what is that why, and mm-hmm. that is what's going to wake you up in the morning. That yeah. is what's going to keep you going. Not, oh, I need to go burn some calories today. That's not going to get you going on the day that you don't feel motivated. Hmm, that's good. Yeah. And I think I want I want to pause here for a second because I'd love if you could share a little bit more of the story because I know um, so many of my girls are, you know, in a place where they're either coming off of, you know, an eating disorder or kind of feeling like they're stuck in the middle of it. We're not sure if that's what their, you know, behavior might feel like. Um, and I wouldn't I, w- I would love if you could just touch on that a little bit more, maybe share just a little bit more of that story and maybe any advice you have. I think definitely the establishing your why. But, you know, any advice you might have for someone recovering from an eating disorder and ignoring, you know, maybe the voices that tell them, you know, you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're stuck or whatever that is. Um, Because I know some people, you know, we talk a lot about losing weight when it comes to nutrition, but I think it also can include gaining weight, you know, um, or recovering from uh, excessive behavior, unhealthy behavior. So any way that you can speak into that, I think would be super helpful. 
Totally. And I totally agree with you with the sense that it can't, like healthy doesn't necessarily always mean losing weight. Mm-hmm. It means getting to what I like to call your set point, what your good, happy weight is. And that's different for everybody. And for at one point in my life, it was needing to gain weight. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to a low at five, six. I was at 92 pounds mm-hmm. and that is not healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Quote unquote, eating healthy foods every day by starving myself, but I wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm so passionate about really, you know, working on a healthy lifestyle that's sustainable long term, but also from the inside out and really making sure that mentally you're, you're free, mentally you're healthy along with physically. And we're not just working on the external, but the internal too. And, mm-hmm. you know, going back to my story, it was way back in high school when, you know, you have to find out what the root behind, you know, why you're struggling, maybe why you've had an unhealthy relationship with food, because it's usually not just something shallow. Once again, just like your why shouldn't be shallow, usually the root behind why you maybe have fallen into unhealthy behaviors, whether it's under overeating, is usually what we need to figure out first. And to me, I realized it was a control issue. It wasn't that I looked in the mirror and saw that I was fat and wanted Mm -hmm. to start, you know, depriving myself. For me, my personal life in high school went out of control and filed out of control. Mm-hmm. And I was somebody that was type A, perfectionist. I wanted control. And when I wasn't in control, all of a sudden I wanted to control something. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't control anything else. And, you know, my my father, like, cheated on my stepmom. And so we, my family broke apart for a second time. Mm-hmm. He had done it with my mom as well. And so... I, my my family was broken apart, and then my mom's long-term boyfriend of five years, who they were about to get married, committed suicide, mm-hmm. and wow. all this stuff was going on in my life. And I was just a high school girl just trying to figure it out and felt like I had no control in my life. And all of a sudden, I realized, well, I can control the food I eat, mm-hmm. and I can control. And started becoming this game in my head of how little can I eat in a day? Mm-hmm. How many how calories and it had nothing to do with actually losing weight it just had it had everything to do with just being in control and mm-hmm. I wanted control but mm-hmm. the one thing I thought was going to give me control made me spiral completely out of control my yep. entire life and mm-hmm. I found myself in a place where I had I felt so out of control I felt so unhappy I felt so empty inside I was pushing away everyone that loved me because of it because mm-hmm. no one couldn't go out with friends so I didn't know if they were going to eat and yeah. I didn't want to eat what they ate and mm-hmm. it was just a very isolating time in my life and a very lonely time in my life and again like going back to my deep why I I, I can't say that you know working with a sports dietitian and a dietitian with um you know to overcome this totally did help but I know that God gave me freedom and that he set me free from this. And I had so many counselors that said, you're going to struggle with this for the rest of your life. It's just something you're going to wow. deal with. And I, and I just said, no, like, I am not going to accept that as truth. Hmm. I'm going to overcome this. God's going to give me freedom from this. And I had to speak that truth into my life after so many professionals hmm. were telling me that this is just something I was going to struggle with. And wow. How disheartening. <laughs> but yeah, I think, Really, when it comes to giving advice to someone that may be struggling out there with unhealthy food thoughts or just kind of struggling with a relationship with food on either spectrum, it's really discovering why, what's the root behind that, and really working on the real root versus just a symptom of mm-hmm. 
okay, let, let me just make these thoughts go away or let me just stop overeating or let me just start eating more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really working on what, finding that root and really working on that. And then second, if it comes to unhealthy food thoughts and really restrictive mind, like a mental kind of place, the, the thing I would say is really trying to, like what I work with with some of my clients that struggle through this is really trying to remove those food lies and that food police, I like to say, that's in your head. Mm. Because a lot of times we get this these lies telling you you're good for this, you're bad for this, and all of a sudden you start linking food to morality. Mm. And you start saying, I'm, I'm good for green juice, I'm bad for that chocolate cake, I'm good for working out, I'm bad if I skip it. And that's not true. We shouldn't be linking mm-hmm. food and our health with morality. Mm-hmm. And really just finding freedom in trying to get that food cleats and those food lies and those dieting lies out of our heads is definitely step number two after finding that route. And then just really trying to make peace with all food again and honoring your hunger. Because a lot of times when we get into these mindsets, we say, well, I feel hungry, but I'm not going to honor that. I'm just going to, I don't deserve to be hungry yet. I shouldn't be hungry yet. I'm just not going to eat yet. But then then you just have this constant food obsession going on in your mind all day because you're not honoring your hunger. And then you go and eat, you know, some kerosene hummus and you're like, okay, now I should be full, but I'm not full, but I I shouldn't have anything else. And then it's just like, it's exhausting. It's Mm -hmm. this mind game that's going on in your head all day long. When If you just sat down to, you know, a very satisfying, nutritious meal, then you wouldn't be dealing with us that way. And you could go live your life. And mm-hmm. that's what we deserve to be doing. We deserve to be living our life to our fullest. And health is part of that, but it definitely shouldn't be the obsession of our everyday life mm-hmm. and throughout every single part of our day. And so really trying to make peace with all foods, starting to break down those lies in your head of, okay, so for me, I, I had false lies in my head. I had lies in my head where it was like white bread's bad wheat bread good and sure there's some more nutrition in wheat bread versus white bread but I had this lie in my head that I can't have white bread it's, it's just I'm bad for having white bread and the dietitian I was working with at the time had to walk me through that and break down these lies of I remember saying like I was at my sorority house and I was going to make a sandwich like you told me to instead of a salad but then they only had white bread so I didn't and she was like well why Why can't you make it with white bread? And I was like, because it's bad. And she was like, well, what do you mean it's bad? Like, what, what's going to happen to you if you have white bread? And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, and I really couldn't back it up. But you, we just have these lies in our head mm-hmm. from the dieting world and everything that this is good and this is bad and mm-hmm. good foods, bad foods. I'm good for this and bad for that. And really just trying to eliminate those. And I, and for me, I need logic. And so I just had to work backwards of, why do I think bananas are bad? Hmm. Because I keep hearing that they're high carb, that I think like they're high calories, so maybe I shouldn't eat them. And I fear any kind of, any kind of like pastas or breads or anything. And I started fearing even things that were healthy fats, like peanut butter and almond butter and stuff. And really just working back and saying, why do I think this? Now, is there any truth behind that? Or mm-hmm. am I just having this in my head because of the dieting culture around us and because of other things maybe going on around us? Mm, that's good. I think that's, it really comes down to mindset, you know, and where's mm-hmm. this coming from and examining 
what's beneath the surface. We often think like, I just need to fix this bad habit that I have. And that's usually a symptom of a deeper problem, <laughs> which can be <laughs> nice and humbling to, <laughs> to notice and admit to. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I think that's so true. And I also, thanks for being so vulnerable and sharing that because I know, I mean, I can relate to the, to that in many ways. It's, it's usually, at least in my experience, when I kind of slipped into extreme dieting and just excessive exercise, you know, it was somewhat situational and not super long lasting, but in the year that it existed, it, I, I thought at the time that I, you know, had a body image issue, which may have been partially true. I think that can sometimes contribute, but it, it all came down to ultimately like, oh, it's not a coincidence that it happened when multiple things kind of spun out of control in my life and it was a reaching for some sort of like, well, I can control this. <laughs> and so this yeah. is what I'm going to hold on to. And then that can lead to a really feeling stuck. So I'm, I yeah. can relate to that too. And really I'm grateful that you shared that. And it can be partly body image. Like one of the clients I'm just working with now, um, you know, it, it stems back to her mom always being in the dieting world and her mom even making comments about how she looked fat, how she didn't look good and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And, so it was rooted in mm-hmm. body image, but mm-hmm. again, it, it was deeper than just a number or anything mm-hmm. like that. It was really just working on that and breaking up with those kind of thoughts through mm-hmm. some really deep soul work. But yeah. anyways, just mm-hmm. wanted to say, you know, it no, can't be that. It, there's so many different routes it can be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of that and just a little bit when it comes to body image, how can someone uh, begin to feel confident in her own skin before she hits her goals? Because that's a big thing that I really um, just feel passionate about speaking to this generation because I think we live in a world that's so goal-oriented, which is awesome. I mean, you and I can probably both attest mm-hmm. to that. Like, goals are important. Go after your dreams. Like, hit your benchmarks. Like, But at the same time, it's almost exhausting because I think sometimes we think, like, well, I'm not complete until I hit that or I'm not going to be joyful until I hit that or confident until I hit that. So when she's working mm-hmm. when, in terms of, like, weight goals, nutrition goals, et cetera, what do you, what would you say when it comes to like, how can, like, how can I be confident before I hit that nutrition goal, before I make those, you know, complete 180 changes, before my entire plate is healthier, before I hit that weight goal, whether it's, you know, losing or gaining 10 pounds? Yeah, totally. Um, so the biggest thing I think is to be setting smaller goals that you can check off daily, weekly, monthly to help you feel accomplished, feel like you're making progress. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just looking for one long-term goal, you're going to work tirelessly and you feel like you're working aimlessly where you might be making progress that you just haven't been keeping track. And so mm-hmm. keeping some kind of progress measurement daily, weekly, or monthly, and setting smaller goals is definitely big because I know when I feel accomplished, I can feel more confident. Mm -hmm. But it's when we feel like nothing's happening, that I'm not making any progress, that sometimes, you know, you're lacking confidence, you're lacking motivation, you kind of fall off. Mm -hmm. And so, we're just setting small goals. But when it comes to confidence, I just want to say just point that, you know, as women, we are going to have insecurities. Mm-hmm. And I, I, people think that because maybe I'm at a weight that society accepts and that I have some social media or whatever, that I have no insecurities. I think, you know, we all are going to struggle with insecurities mm-hmm. at times. And mm-hmm. it's okay. It's not, it's not feeling ashamed of that. And it's just really wanting to, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I ha- I'm feeling this way. Now let's push it out with some positivity and some positive affirmations about myself or mm-hmm. about my life and really kind of push out the negative with positive mm-hmm. things and mm-hmm. so really just know that I think just normalizing the fact that 
It's okay to not feel confident some days or wake up and feel like you don't really like what you see. That's normal. Yeah. It's not It's not that we should accept that as truth, but mm-hmm. just know that it's normal and start reminding yourself of who God says you are and also just starting to say positive affirmations about yourself. I know when I was at my all-time low when it came to confidence, my mom used to say, every time I said something negative about myself, she would make me say something positive mm-hmm. in the mirror to myself. And I hated it. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. This is dumb. Mm-hmm. And she kept making me do it. And over time, it really started settling in its truth. Mm-hmm. And I am such a big believer in the words you think or the words you say and the things you think in your mind mm-hmm. and really just trying to push out that, you know, this negative thought and, you know, feeling not so confident some days, like, that's okay. Like, you don't have to feel ashamed of that, but more so just pushing it out with positivity. And mm-hmm. really, I think the biggest thing that really helps me not only feel confident, but just feeling good about life and about myself is doing more of what makes me happy mm-hmm. and not making your health and fitness journey your life mm-hmm. and your main focus, but really doing things that make you happy, surrounding yourself with people that support you and encourage you and make you happy and no refresh your soul. All of those things are such a part of a healthy lifestyle that I think are overlooked because you always just want to focus on the food and the fitness, which are definitely a part of it. Mm-hmm. But really thinking, you know, overall lifestyle, what about my environment? What about the people in my circle that I'm surrounding myself? What about just daily routines? Setting myself up for success with morning and nighttime routines because mm-hmm. that, again, brings back to feeling accomplished if you can say, yeah, I, I was on track with my routines today and I felt my best because of it. Mm-hmm. All of those things can kind of play into really just even when you're on the journey, you know, still feeling confident, still feeling good about yourself even when you haven't reached your goals. And the last thing I want to leave off with is it is all about the journey. It's not about getting to the result. It's about the process. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest example I can say around this is, you know, back in math days in high school, I remember I was so frustrated because my teacher wouldn't grade me on the right answer, but it's about the process. She was like, it's all about the process, not the answer. Hmm. And even if I had the right answer, but I didn't have the right process in all my math steps, then I would get, you know, discredited for it. And I was always so frustrated about that, but I started kind of applying that to life in a weird way of it's about the process, not the result. Mm. And I think that that really helped me. And I don't know if that helps anyone else out there, but I think that that really helped me in the sense of just looking at it as a journey and, you know, be have customers on your journey there. Don't just think of when I reach that, then I'll be happy because if that's your mindset, trust me. Mm-hmm. It's a never-ending game of always being able to excel, always being able to grow. And so if you're if you're just waiting for a gap season, even whether it's health or fitness or you can discuss it, you know, whether it's when I find that person I'm going to marry or when mm-hmm. I'm going to reach this point in my business, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And if you have that mindset, it's going to be a very frustrating journey and mm-hmm. you're going to get to this very empty place of never feeling fulfilled. And so if you can really just focus on the journey and the process versus just getting to the end result, um, that's really the secret to really living out a healthy lifestyle that's fun and not just all about, I have to do this or that. Mm. So if anyone could see me right now, I'm sitting in a closet and you know that little emoji, the little like hands up, like the little hand pump, like that's me over here. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Amen. That is like, if I could get any consistent message through every piece of content that I put out into the world is like the process and the like fulfillment and meaningfulness before the certain happy ending, before the certain goal is achieved, before like literally like embrace this now because I think we can get so future oriented and like, oh, if this, then that, that we miss that like, what about right now and this here, you know? So yes thank you for saying that when it comes to health and fitness but also I think that applies to life as well um uh, I yeah I could go on a soapbox about that forever because I feel like that's so the message of our culture right now and it just like kills me I'm like this is putting so much pressure on women like this is killing us you know um but I love that and I'm so grateful for that um just little tidbit there I guess another question that I have though is a little bit more like I guess tangibly or a little bit more like let's look like you know you are a registered dietitian you studied this you do this as a career you help women make decisions and create plans and really you know make action plans as well as help their mindset um so I guess the question that I have is from your expertise like what are your top three expert level tips for healthy eating now I know that that's kind of a broad question and I don't know if the same thing applies to every single person I think that might feel like a little bit of a blanket statement so feel free to modify (laughs) how you wish but I do want to ask you that because I'm curious, like from your field and lo- like area of expertise, what would you say? No, I love that. I, there's, of course, like you said, there's so many different keys or, you know, great things to implement for a healthy lifestyle, for healthy eating at, from a dietitian perspective and a personal trainer, you know, what can I be doing to really start revamping, refreshing my lifestyle in a healthy way? Um, but I think the things that really stand out to me that could really help anyone out there, no matter what part of your journey, um, you know, number one is just avoiding under or overeating and really being mindful and intentional about what you're eating. Um, there are so many things scientifically that are going on in your body and that are really hurting your body when you under or overeat. And there's a lot of sciencey hormones, you know, your hunger hormones, adrenaline and leptin and all the good things, cortisol, stress stress hormones, all that kind of stuff that's going on underneath the surface when you under overeat. And Mm -hmm. all of those things are going to lead to really storing fat and breaking down muscle at the end of it. And stress, the cortisol hormone, is the biggest one when we are stressed, which can also be caused by lack of sleep or just stress in life. Or, again, under-eating is a stress on your body. Mm-hmm. All of those things release high levels of cortisol in your body. And some cortisol is fine, but elevated chronic levels of cortisol is going to lead to fat storage and muscle breakdown. And mm-hmm. so really trying to avoid, and again, overeating, of course, most people know that overeating causes fat storage, but most people don't realize that under-eating to, is, to an extreme can also do that and can really be hurting your body in multiple ways. And I could go into all the sciencey things and all the different <laughs> all the sciencey things. All, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> all the sciencey things. Yes, let's hold on. I want to put my goggles on. Let's go into all the sciencey things for a second because now I'm actually curious. <laughs> Um, wait. So explain this to me because I think I I'm, I want to see if I'm tracking with you. So you said sciencey. All right. So. If you are overeating, that can lead to fat storage. But if you're undereating, that can also lead to fat storage. But we often think that's going to create fast fat loss. Is that, am I correct in yeah. understanding what you're saying? So let's just start with cortisol, which is something that people are probably a little familiar with, at least, and that's your stress hormone. Um, but it's produced by adrenals. And when the body senses stress, it's 
produced and released. And so, yes, when you work out, it's a stress. When you have some life stress, sure. But when it's chronically elevated, when we see a linkage to overeating and weight gain, and these high levels of cortisol are actually directly linked to belly fat specifically. And so what can we do to decrease stress? And people think it's like a feel-good thing to say, oh, you know, you should control your stress as a part of your healthy life. But no, it's really Hmm. roots back to this can actually affect your body composition as well. And so how can we manage stress? And, you know, maybe it's asking for help when I need it. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's surrounding yourself with the right people, even eating balanced meals because under eating is a stress in your body. If you think about it, your body was made to survive. It's mm-hmm. only job, as much as we wish that our body's job was to burn fat and mm-hmm. get strong, it's, it's, it's job is only to survive. And back in the old days, that's what helped us survive was mm-hmm. knowing how to do that. But now that it's only to survive, when you under eat, you, your body isn't thinking, oh, I'm just on a diet and food's in the next room. I can actually eat whenever I want. Mm-hmm. Your body's thinking, I'm lacking food and I don't know when I'm going to get it next. And my job is to survive. So in order to survive, I'm going to break down any tissue that needs the most energy and I'm going to store what doesn't need the most energy. And guess what? Muscle burns the most calories and fat doesn't. And so it's going to burn your muscle and it's going to store your fat. And so because of that, any kind of under eating, of course, overeating, but under eating, especially that some people don't realize is actually doing that and your body's breaking down muscle and replacing it with fat. Hmm. And so... That's where a lot of those diets, yeah, you lose initial weight, but then all of a sudden you stop it because it's not sustainable and you can't keep going. And so you stop it, you go back to your old weight, and then you not only gain that weight back, but you gain even more weight. And because your body and your metabolism is a little off now. And so really trying to, you know, think about that and even things like, so I'll just go into two other little hormones because we want to get into a little bit of science, but, Mm -hmm. you know, brenlin and leptin. Leptin is the unfull hormone. Like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling full. You can stop eating. That's released to kind of help you. It, it's produced by fat cells. It notifies your brain that, you know, I have enough storage that like, you can stop eating now, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, but sometimes you have a leptin resistance. And so because of that, it doesn't trigger to calm your hormones. And all of a sudden you just keep eating and eating because you're not getting triggered to stop. Hmm. And so what can we do for this? Well, avoiding inflammatory foods like seed oils and focusing more on omega-3s is good. Um, But getting good sleep because sleep deprivation is actually linked to drops in leptin levels, Hmm. meaning that you won't have as much leptin signaling that you're full or satisfied. And that's why a lot of times sleep deprivation is linked to overeating and weight gain. Um, And also, fun fact, exercise increases leptin sensitivity. Hmm. So when you're exercising and getting enough sleep, you're doing a lot of good for having more of that satiety hormone in your body regulating so that you don't naturally overeat. Um, And then on the opposite spectrum, we have ghrelin, which is a hunger hormone. So it's, this is released when the stomach is empty, and it so it's basically telling you, I'm hungry, let's eat, I'm really, I'm really needing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it stops it being released when your stomach is stretched. Mm-hmm. So thinking about when I eat a balanced meal that has some good veggies, some volume, some fiber, all that kind of stuff that's going to stretch my stomach lining, that's going to shut off the production and release of gremlin. And then you're going to think, okay, I'm done. I don't need, I'm not, I don't feel that hunger anymore. Hmm. But in a lot of, of some situations, and, and you know, even studies show um, with obese patients, sometimes gremlin doesn't decrease. And then your brain never 
stops signaling to you know, stop eat. It never stops like saying stop eating. And so, um, what can we do with this? Well, science shows that avoiding refined and processed carbs and sugars can really help this, and especially sugary sugary drinks because sugary drinks are giving you energy or calories, but not stretching your stomach lining, hmm. and therefore it's not shutting off ghrelin. And so, really trying to eat enough fiber and enough protein. I always say, you know, I call it the fresh, fit, and healthy five. Um, but it's protein, fats, and, and, you know, wholesome carbs, and then fiber. And then I always say extra boost. So whether that's some cinnamon and ginger for anti-inflammatory purposes or, you know, any kind of uh, cocktail powder or maca powder for hormonal balance, you know, anything. But really I always say, like, when you're having a smoothie or when you're having, you know, any kind of little, like, protein bite or any meal, really trying to figure out, do I have all these five on my plate? And mm. do I have these in my drink? And I know I love you had your smoothie on your story the other day, and I love that because um, I always teach people, like, when you're making a smoothie, you know, have some protein in there, whether it's protein powder, whether it's yogurt, mm-hmm. you know, have some fat in there. What kind of, you know, almond butter, nuts? Mm-hmm. Am I going to put in there fiber? Maybe I can throw in some flax seeds or some chia seeds or some greens, mm-hmm. um, carbs. Maybe I'm going to throw in some frozen fruit and then like some extra boost. Maybe I'm going to put some cinnamon or some vanilla extract or something that's going to make it a little bit more yummy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just going back to like more practical now, just really making sure that you have a good balanced meal and enough protein, enough fiber, two things that really affect a lot of these hunger hormones and really help you kind of shut off the hunger hormones and release the satiety hormones. And so it's not only just like a good sound bite to say, you know, get your protein, fasting, carbs, and fiber, but it really has some science backing to it as to why you need to be getting in good balanced meals. And even if it's just, it's, some people think, but it's fruit. So having just an apple is a good snack, but that's just carbs. But all that is is carbs. And so what can I pair that with mm-hmm. to give it some protein or fat? Maybe I'm pairing it with some peanut butter. Maybe I'm pairing it with some low-fat cheese for protein. Um, but really trying to really balance out your meals and snacks and have at least two, if not all three of the macronutrients, which is protein, fats, and carbs. And so, um, you know, that's kind of going back to when we were talking about like your top three keys or secrets. Number one, of course, is avoiding under and overeating. But number two is really having those balanced meals and snacks and really saying, you know, every time I have my plate or a snack in front of me, how can I make this a little bit better and balanced? Mm-hmm. How can I maybe add a protein to it or some healthy fats to it or some greens to it and really kind of starting there because if you can balance out your meals and snacks in a nutrient way and then also balance them out in terms of the amount you're eating Hmm. then even if you're not perfect you're gonna be feeling a lot better Hmm. that's good I you know sometimes I think about like the snacks that I'll grab and you're right I think pairing it with even just one of those five I love that you have the fresh five that's awesome um it sounds like a superhero movie (laughs) Um, I think it's fantastic. Um, but seriously, if you think about it, like it actually is helpful to remember it like that, like to boil it down to five things. And I love that one of them isn't necessarily like, it's like a boost to make it more enjoyable. Like it's about, this is not meant to be punishment. This is not like, you know, like eating a balanced meal is not meant to be like rocket science. You know, it's like, yes, there's sciencey things behind it, obviously. But now that we, you know, have covered and under, understand that it's like, okay, but the decisions we make can really be simple. And then tossing in a little cinnamon, like I put a little cinnamon 
cinnamon in my coffee. And that helps, like, mm-hmm. w- instead of putting, like, a bunch of flavored stuff in there, you know, or things like that. And yeah. it's it was a little bit of an adjustment from, like, my original, like, you know, intense fancy drinks. But it really is healthier, you know, and I love that you included that. I think that's really awesome, super practical. So would you say that with a snack, then if I was going to have like an apple, then to always try to pair like two of those things together, like for example, for a snack, I probably won't always put all five of those things together unless it's like a smoothie, Um, definitely for a meal. But if it's more of a snack, would you say if you can at least pair two of those like fruit and carb or something or fruit and protein or something that at least helps a little bit more balance? Yes. Yeah. So the biggest thing is carbs are the quickest to digest, meaning your body can break them down a lot quicker and absorb the, you know, have the blood sugar coming into your stream a lot quicker. And so that's why if you have just carbs, it's going to break down quickly. It's going to spike your blood sugar, but then it's going to drop and then you're going to feel super fatigued. You're not going to feel energized. You're probably going to have more cravings. Whereas if you can pair that with a fat or a protein, proteins and fats digest and and take a lot more energy to break down in your body. So it digests slower and it gets released slower. And so when you can pair a carb with a fat or protein, it slows down the breakdown, the digestion of it. And that way you're feeling satisfied longer. You're not having a spike in blood sugar, but you're having a more leveled out um, blood sugar kind of release into your system. And that's really the science behind it. And that's why, you know, if you have just toast for breakfast or just a Pop-Tart or just a waffle versus if you have maybe a Greek yogurt parfait or a smoothie or something like that, you're going to feel a lot more energy. You're going to feel a lot more satisfied for a longer amount of time when you have that protein and healthy fat in there um, than if you were just to have carbs. And going back to your initial te- question, you know, with snacks, yeah. You don't have to be perfect. You don't definitely don't have to try to fit all five of them in there, but just trying to pair it with something. So, mm-hmm. like I said, with the apple example, maybe having some low-fat cheese with it or some healthy, you know, almond some butter. peanut butter yeah. on it, almond mm-hmm. butter, things like that. Um, and so that can kind of just help slow down the digestion of it because a lot of things also happen with your hunger hormones when you get that slight spike in blood sugar. And so really trying to have balanced blood sugar um, can really help increase responses of certain hormones and that reduce appetite and all the things. And so really trying to focus on balancing that blood sugar through balancing your meals and snacks with at least two, if not all three of the macronutrients and, you know, trying to focus when you make smoothies or anything like that on the fresh and healthy side. Oh, that's so good. No, that's super helpful and practical. I think it's manageable. And I always look for what are the things we can do to make those micro adjustments, make those little changes, experience that growth in our life in a way that's sustainable and that we can actually implement right away, right? This isn't like meant to be so difficult. So really love that. I'm all on board. Sign me up. I'm going to go have an apple with some almond butter right now. (laughs) I'm like, man, I'm hungry sitting here. (laughs) Uh, This is awesome. Sarah, thank you so much for just your advice and your expertise and being willing to share it with me and with my girls where can they find you where can we you know for if they want to you know learn more or maybe even learn about working with you or check out the resources you have available where can they find that yeah so you can definitely come say hi to me on instagram i love instagram it's probably my favorite platform and so that's fresh fit the letter and healthy not and um, fresh and healthy and then um you can also i'm gonna Share. I'm going to give you a little PDF and something just useful to kind of use everything we like we talked about today 
if you want to kind of share that, then I'd love to give you that link so that they can download that and have a more practical guide of everything we've talked about from all the hormones and really balancing things, balanced meals and snacks, some ideas for healthy snacks and meals, all the things that can really help you just start kind of jumpstarting your healthy life. Yeah, absolutely. We will include the link to Sarah's Instagram in the show notes as well as that free PDF. That's going to be super helpful. I'm getting that. So whenever I can grab it, <laughs> let me know, girl. <laughs> thanks so much for being on. You're the best. All right. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit lastingmediagroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.